Welcome to New York Comic Con 2017. My name is Rachel Davis. With me is Penelope Baju, creator of California Dreamin'. And you are listening to Comicsverse. Hi, Penelope. How's your con going so far? Hi, it's going pretty well. Just got here. And as usual, I'm amazed by all the costumes. I'm like a kid here. A... Oh my goodness, the cosplays are incredible. Yes. And it's my third Comic Con in New York. So I'm still in the honeymoon phase. I, I still don't really see the downsides of it. To me, it's still amazing. So. A veteran and yet still amazed after all these years. Really? Love it. So we're here to talk about your latest book by First Second, California Dreamin', Cass Elliot Before the Mamas and the Papas, which you've called a fantasized biography on Cass Elliot. Yes. And it must be so hard adapting a real person's life, like just reading a biography textually, but you're also adding artwork as well as text. So you have these dual narratives going on. What were the challenges and the rewards of doing a biographical comic? Um, it has a backbone of a biography, which means that all the facts are true and accurate, and I checked everything. But then your job as a, as a writer is to make a good story and not just make a sum of facts because otherwise you just want to go to a Wikipedia entry and that's it. So what you really want is your reader to turn the pages and to enjoy the story and my aim was really that at the end of the book you really love Cass and you really just want to be her best friend and you want to listen to her music. So that's the tricky part I think is that you want this to be a biography but you mostly want it to be um, entertaining I think. So um, it has some rewards in the sense that the story is already here. All you have to do is try to put yourself in her own shoes and try to imagine how she reacted to things, how it felt like when she was enthusiastic or hurt or frustrated and try to act and make her a character and not just facts and dates. So that's the kind of work I really enjoy doing actually. Yes, and it was very entertaining and factual book. I genuinely enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, and I've enjoyed your previous work as well, Exquisite Corpse, also by First Second that came out in 2015. Yet California Dreamin' has a very different art style. You use pencil this time, and I believe you've spoken about not erasing any mistakes that you happen to make. Can you talk about why you chose to go with a different art style and what that process was like? Actually, between Exquisite Corpse and California Dreaming, there's been a lot of time going on because Exquisite Corpse came out in France, uh, I was about to say 10 years ago, but almost 10 years ago. Although it was my first book published in the US, it's actually a pretty old book. So between Exquisite Corpse and California Dreaming, there have been several books. Um, so it's not that uh, abrupt. It's, it's been a progression. Uh, and the thing about California Dreaming was that First I was traveling a lot while doing it because I was going back and forth between Paris and New York. So I had to be lightweight so I couldn't really carry around my huge computer and my Wacom everywhere. So the pencil seemed a good option. And also um, the story of California Dreaming goes from the 40s to the 60s. So that's a lot of changes of settings, backgrounds, cars, hairstyles. So to make it ho more homogenic and to have this sort of, um, yeah, to make it more um, logical, I thought I needed to find a graphical process that made it 
that unified the whole thing. And I thought black and white would be a good thing. And since it was going to be a long book, I knew that I would spend a lot of time on it. I thought I would add a little challenge first and also a little fun because actually drawing with a pencil is amazing because if you draw, you know that there is usually a very, uh, there's a little loss between the stage where you are, you have your sketches that are usually very vivid and vibrant and you think they're beautiful and then you ink and suddenly everything is static and kind of cold and you really lose something in the way. And so keeping, I think, a story with a, a literally a little improved version of sketches, which is that it's still, it, it still looks like a sketchbook to me, but like a, a good sketchbook. Uh, and so this is also why I didn't want to use, I didn't want to erase my, because I'm, I'm kind of gross when I work. So there were all these fingerprints everywhere. And I thought, you know what, this is part of it. So let's just leave it. And when the publisher was uh, reviewing the files, they asked me, they said, would you want us to clean everything? And I said, you know what, I think I like that kind of rough general aspect to it. Uh, I think it makes Cass more alive somehow. So, And I agree, she really does come off the page. But this isn't just a story of Cass. At your Wednesday panel for the French Comics Association, DIY Through a Career in Comics, you mentioned how this was the story of Ellen Cohen, which is the real life name. Like Cass Elliot is the stage name of Mama Cass. So who, why did you pick the focus so much on Ellen Cohen and not necessarily Cass Elliot or Mama Cass? Um, I, liked, I liked the idea of someone uh, inventing herself. I liked that she was born uh, as far as you can imagine from being a rock star. She had everything against her and yet she decided that she would be this person that's this little uh, chubby kid growing up in a family running delis in Baltimore with absolutely no connection to the entertaining world whatsoever decided when she was maybe five or six that this is what I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a rock star. And uh, it was, all the odds were against her, but she said, no, no, this is what I'm gonna do. And, and screw whoever is in the way and tries to stop me. And so she decided that she would have this new identity, this new name. And the part of her life that really interested me was that, was how do you make yourself like she did? Um, so this is why my story ends on the day that the song California Dreamin' is released on the radio and it's an immediate success and she becomes a rock star when she's 25, like that. Just one overnight she becomes a superstar and I wanted to know what was the way towards that. So, and I'm more interested in teenagers' stories anyway than rock star stories, so. Absolutely. At Comicsverse, we love seeing diverse representation, and one of the diversity that I think needs to be seen more and that you brought to the table was body diversity in comics. We normally see in the medium, especially American comics, with our superhero comics, that like Slavette female figure, and yet you don't Photoshop Mama Cass for this. Did you receive any commentary or backlash on her portrayal? Um, well, like you know, I come from France, where this is an even bigger problem because there is a cult of fitness and of being slim as a woman. And so I must say I've had some remarks from journalists, mostly male journalists, uh, who were really focusing on that part like it was a thing. Like, oh, so why did you choose to portray her like this? And uh, it was never, to me, it was never the subject of the book. 
um, she was fat, she knew it, people are trying to, to change her. Some music labels even offered contracts in exchange for a diet, which she always refused. And she was rejected because of that a lot, which is interesting because you might think that back in the 60s, before MTV, things were easier, but they really were not. Uh, and it was terrible for her too, and she's heard terrible comments and remarks all her life. But there is not a part of the book where it's about that. It's just, and she's extremely glamorous and flirty and charming and that's, and also very beautiful. Yeah. Because that's uh, also what was very important to me is that she was very, very beautiful, I think. And I wanted this to show and it was really a pleasure to draw her. And um, yeah, really, I wanted people to love her. So it's not, it's not even a subject. But it is true that I have had remarks. Uh, one of the, I think, stupid, most stupid remarks I've had was from a journalist who asked me, who said he thought it was very brave to do this. And I thought, do I let this go or do I? And, and really, I, was, I asked him, I said, what do you mean? How is that brave? How is it brave? He said, well, you know, she's fat, but still she's very coquette. And she's very much, uh, she's caring about her appearance a lot, which is unusual for, you know, people like this. Uh, no. I did the same face you're doing right now. No. And I thought, there's a, we still have a long way to go um, on the path of diversity. Until it's not a thing, until it's neutral, until uh, it's not the subject of the book. It's not a book about a fat woman. It's a book about an amazing rock star who happened to be fat. And that's... Um, yeah, it might take a few years more, you know. Right, but you're on the way to changing that by showing that portrayal and showing a person. Yeah. She is a person just happens to be fat. Yeah. That's not the focus at all of California no. Dreaming, and yet that's what people are seeing. And you're going to be part of that change, and thank you for being part of that change. So one of the things I loved about California Dreaming was your choice of narrative. And each chapter is told by another person who knew Cass Elliot. It's from their perspective. We never really get any chapters told from Cass's perspective, and yet we're so invested in her journey, especially the triangle with Michelle and Denny, which happened in real life, or the diner scene with her friend and she wanted to show the photo. I'm sorry, I'm just geeking out again. That had me just like wanting to like, that was too relatable. <laughs> that was very relatable. Um, so I was curious, like, Again, you chose this different mode of narrative. Um, was this something that you had planned from the beginning? Or did this come along? And how do you like create these different voices for these different narrators? narrators? Um, the reason why it came up like this was uh, because as I was reading about her, that she never wrote a, an autobiography, of course, and there has never been an actual biography about her. But I found uh, testimonies and, and quotes from people. So even I, had to solve the puzzle of who she was from everybody else's perspective. So I read Michelle, I have read John, I read, and she was, she was a pretty, she was the cool girl, so she was the friend of everyone. So even when you read uh, Bob Dylan's memoirs, she is in it, you know, she's everywhere. People were always going to parties at her place in the Laurel Canyon, so it was like the, the cool girl everybody was hanging around with. So uh, I got to know her through all these perspectives as I was getting more and more into it. So that's how I, I guess this is how I constructed this in my mind. 
initially. And then I thought it was a very interesting way of portraying her without ever giving her the opportunity to speak her mind because I think she she really had a facade and I thought it was interesting to see her always portrayed by people as the really joyful, uh, you know, lighthearted person and that you need, you, at some point you understand that this is not her at all. Uh, so I, it kind of preserved the mystery and also I thought it was interesting to have people's opinions, people who didn't necessarily like her, um, to see that she was probably also person who was kind of hard to live around um, so yeah it was it was like all the pieces to, to a final puzzle that you kind of need to solve by yourself so I like that idea yes and can you tell us about any future or upcoming projects such as Brazen which will be coming out in 2018 yes um, Brazen is a book that came out in France last year it's a collection of portraits of amazing women like really amazing women and none of them are known or really little known uh, mostly because they're women uh, and they never made it to biopics or or history books and really they should so they're all sorts of women they're astronauts and queens and mermaids and witches and all sorts of great women from every parts of the world and throughout history like centuries ago to today. Some of them are 18 years old today. Um, and it's how these women are dealing with their hand, which is sometimes really not a very easy one, manage to invent their destiny somehow and not care about what people thought of them. Uh, and I love them all very much like they're my daughters. Um, so there are 30 of them and I'm very excited. And it's coming out on International Women's Day next year in March. Oh, I can't wait to pick that up. And the cover for the US version is gorgeous. Uh, it's really, I just, I've just seen it and it's, and it's golden and so cool. And I'm really glad because there, I, I, I put myself a lot of pressure for the American version, and it's gonna be great. Oh, I'm already pre-ordering this. Like, you have no idea. Well, thank you so much for your time, Penelope. Oh, thank you. Yes. For more interviews, as well as reviews, analyses, check out comicsfirst.com. My name is Rachel, and I'll see you next time.